Spot Snuggle. I'm Georgina Penny and my gorgeous co-wench Real Beast will be with us in just a minute. Um, we've got a double-headed episode this time round. At the beginning we've got Real and I talking super dodginess about a book called Fanny and the Monsters and various other things and then after that Real interviews Andra Ash who is a naughty ninja and an amazing erotica writer. So if you haven't read Andra's stuff do go check her out. She's super steamy. Um, Real's book Shelter is out tomorrow in all good ebook stores. It was the best romance novel that I read in 2016. I got to preview it and I was very, very lucky. And my book, The Barbershop Girl, has been out since January. Do go check it out. Um, it's fun and it's a little bit naughty and I hope you enjoy. But for now, let's get on with the show. So you were telling me about your reading with some friends and the book was called Fanny and the Monsters. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it was some serious quality reading for three ladies on a writing retreat. It, it involved a tale of the intrepid Fanny. <laughs> Sorry, I've just lost it already. <laughs> I just want to see an intrepid Fanny. For our American listeners, Fanny isn't bottom. Fanny is front bottom, just just in case you didn't know already. So was it it like a sort of a primary school reader or was it more a Nancy Drew type thing? It was a primary school reader of short stories. No, well, it was it was a bit more advanced. And I think I think it was I'm trying to get the little boy's name right, but I think it was Gregory and Fanny wanted to get Gregory to play with her hoop and go through her hoop, but he wouldn't go through her hoop no matter how much she tried. And picture three grown, rather (laughs) whiskied up ladies sitting next to a fire in quite a dark place in the middle of the Scottish Highlands, whittling themselves laughing at this story. I've actually got it recorded somewhere. I think I know why Gregory didn't want to go through Fanny's hoop. I think someone told Gregory about... Vagina dentata. Well, that's what I thought. I was, and and there was something too. He kept saying the hoop was too large, which made it even funnier. <laughs> oh, judgy. <laughs> Very judgy. That's what I thought. I'm like Gregory, get your ass through the hoop. You've got an invitation, but no, Gregory was a prude, and he just stood there. And I don't think he should be blaming her equipment. I think it's more likely his equipment was. Yeah, he's, I'll just wait. I've got to say, his tiny head just, just <laughs> wouldn't, did, wouldn't fit through. <laughs> or it would go through, but there was just too much room either side. Get, oh my God. Get this lost thing in the, in the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to get you lost know, in the hoop. No one wants to get lost in the hoop. That's kind of a metaphor for life, really. <laughs> Maybe we need to start a self-help business or a self-help cult. Well, there's a saying that I hear some people around here in Scotland say. They say they can't be hooped. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know where that comes from. There's a lot of fun sayings over here was, in Scotland, though. I was going to say the Scots, Sorry? they have the funniest and most wicked sayings. I can't wait to join you there and... I'll probably have to carry a a recorder around with me so I can whip it out and record them all. 
My favourite one uh, that I've heard recently, I was at the local Tesco supermarket and a truck drove by in the car park and this lady, I don't know how old she was, but she looks very respectable and she was probably, I'm, I'm saying, pushing 70. And she just turned around and went, that's a great big hoarder of a truck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and I, after I stopped giggling, because I'm completely immature, <laughs> I asked her to say it again. <laughs> And yes, sure enough, apparently saying something's a great big horror of something is Scottish. I just loved it. Well, I think we should try and record some of these terms and incorporate them into the podcast. I think we should. Well, I think we should rename our podcast cast a great big horror of a podcast. It just... <laughs> so instead of bookish tarts, we'd be the bookish horrors. <laughs> The book is hooters. You've got to do it with a Scottish accent, so oh, everything sounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's hoor, hoor. I can't do it. I've got yeah. too much of an Australian accent, but it's it's just brilliant. You'll get there one and day. Throw... You'll be saying hoor yeah. like a local. Oh, I try so hard, Real. <laughs> I came home and I was naming everything in my house. I've got a great big horror of a fire. I've got a great big horror of a computer. A great big horror of a cat. Oh, he's a, no. He would be what my my local Scottish farmer calls a cunt, oh. I believe. <laughs> a furry cunt. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, the horrible little thing. He bit me this morning because oh. apparently I wasn't feeding him fast enough. I've got this cat that decides he's a little bit homicidal. I tried to feed him and he just starts gnawing on your ankle if you don't feed him quick enough. It's displaced anger. I think so. I think I think Brexit finally got to him <laughs> a year later. Or it it could be that Do Donald Trump's gotten to your cat. Yeah, well, actually, he did. He did vomit the day of Trump's inauguration. I turned on the TV, and there was like Trump doing his thing, and the cat who never vomits like ever just walked inside and vomited on my rug. Looked at me and went, "Huh," and walked outside again. And I thought, well, if that isn't a sign of something, I'm not quite sure what. I don't know what it is. And and speaking of signs, it's the year of the cock. Um, mm. And how fitting is that? Yes, well, I, I think so. Hopefully he only lasts as long as the year of the cock. <laughs> we can dream, can't we? <laughs> we can dream. Someone needs to chop the cock's head off. Oh, my God. What's happening to me this morning? <laughs> What's that I, hear in, that I hear in the background? Is that a SWAT team breaking in to assassinate you <laughs> because you're a terrorist risk? Well, quite frankly, if no one broke into my house when I lived in Saudi, considering that I used to just call up my Muslim friend in Saudi and just go jihad with Muhammad Islam. <laughs> you don't think it's going to happen in Scotland? I don't think it'll happen. She used to do the same to me and would just wait to hear the click-click of the Saudi <laughs> Saudi police clicking in and listening to our call and then we'd just make sure the rest of the call we just talked about, oh, what are you doing today? Do you want to come over? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I used to um, <laughs> fondly hope that, you know, some sort of hot German SWAT team would break in when I was living in Germany, but that didn't happen. Oh, didn't happen. They're kind of yummy. Yeah. You put me onto the, the Czech 
the Czech police oh, guys, and I black spent the whole time in Prague just. Oh, I spent the whole time in Prague perving on them. They were amazing. Did, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of them, no. but my goodness, did they look good in a uniform? Did I tell you about the time our, my the tram I was on had to stop because four black-clad Czech cops had stopped a car and thrown a man across the bonnet <laughs> restraining him there in the middle of the tram track? Um, did you have a lady moment? Well, well okay, firstly, were <laughs> they intervening his human rights? Because if they were, this isn't a good scene. But if he was just being a bit of an asshole and they were just disciplining him a little bit, that's kind of cool. Okay, kind I think, of doing it for me. I think he must have done something naughty to have four policemen holding him spread eagle on, on his bonnet of his car. Um, I hope so anyway, yeah. yeah. I hope um, so. We'll, we'll pretend that he was a rampant serial killer that didn't really kill anyone other than serial. That's right. And they caught him and they were taking him back to jail. Although, and they know, were going to give him a very good talking to. As you now know, there are sex shops on almost every corner in in Prague. And I like to think that maybe he ran off with a dildo and was apprehended. <laughs> 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 because... I got... Sorry, say what you were going to say because I've got the most random thing that just came my way yesterday. (laughs) All right. I was just going to say because that's what appeals to my sense of humour, obviously. So (laughs) tell me me your your fabulously grody story. For some reason, I've gotten on a list. So anyone out there, if they want free sex toys, just set up a website talking about romance and mention in a podcast sex toys once or twice and you start to get emails from sex toy companies saying, hi, um, we've got a new product that we really want some publicity for and some reviews. Uh, Would you mind if we send it to you and you can talk about it? This is so unfair. You're getting the, the free sex toy offers. I haven't had any come my way. I got, oh, I got the, okay, I'm going to talk about this one and then I'm going to move on to the next offer, which was even more interesting, which I just realized I haven't replied to, which means that I am a total idiot. But um, I got offered a vibrator warmer. Oh, is it sort of like a sock? Yeah, it looks like a little hot water blanket that you warm your vibrators and sex toys with and the lovely Sarah from Warm has contacted me, not that I actually gave her my address or anything, to say, would you like one of these things? And it's kind of nuts. But the one that really got me is I was contacted by a male escort agency and they're promoting um, uh, an escort service for straight ladies only, I think, or something. Well, of course, it's male escort agency. What am I talking about? But um, they they were like, do you want to have a chat to an escort for an hour, you know, in exchange for promoting your stuff or, or whatever? Or And I, I just thought, how have I not replied to this email? Mm. I must have been psychotic last week. I was gonna going to say, on? I don't know how you've not replied to that email either because that, oh, good. that is podcast gold right there. And they might even offer you a services for a review (laughs) and you would have to give them you know three clitorises or something or 
four out of five fetuses <laughs> or something. Well, I'd, I'd have to, you know, I really, really need my, I was looking down because I live in Scotland and it's cold here. Mm. I haven't really maintained the tootsies, so I'd be, I'd be asking for a foot massage. That's probably the extent <laughs> I could go to, given that my lovely husband would probably be standing there with a samurai sword somewhere in the background just going, just try it, mate. Oh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, well, he'd probably ask for a foot massage as well, so that would go down nicely. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was going to say, though, with the vibrator warmer, like, I mean, I don't know that it's an essential thing. Like, you know, it's going to get warm once it's up there. Um, yeah, and I thought there was that whole thing, that whole Twilight fad where people wanted cold things up oh, the lady parts. To pretend it was a vampire willy. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Willy, yeah. <laughs> I no, can see all a, these women storing about vibrators in the freezer and the kids are looking for an ice block. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were meant to. They were glass ones. I remember seeing this. This was about 2014 and it was a whole – I even remember the day, real. I remember that fateful day <laughs> the, when the, I saw the glass dildos the on glass a website dildo online. Day is marked on your calendar. And they were called – they were actually – you had the choice of a vampire or a werewolf one that you heated up, which is oh. just wrong. Um, I don't know why it's wrong. It just feels wrong to me. I don't like and, the idea of and, anything that could cause a chemical burn being used. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I really, like the whole idea of the vampire sex and stuff is kind of cool, but the idea of a willy so cold that it's been in the freezer, I don't know about the ladies out there or gentlemen, but a willy that's just come straight out of the swimming pool, for example, is rather clammy <laughs> and probably something you wouldn't want to approach without a little bit of warning. So something out of a freezer, I mean, that's, that's sort of, all I can think of is undead corpse morgue. It's not working for me. <laughs> so it's the, just not the, working for me. The stiffy of a stiffy. Yeah, the stiffy of a stiffy. It's, it's just, it's a bit too necrophilic. That's it. It's necrophilic. There we go. Our first podcast together for ages and we're talking about necrophilic dildos. That's what Aren't I like. we classy? That's what I like about our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Georgina the other day and I think I might have declared her my smut soulmate. <laughs> oh, everyone needs a smut soulmate, everybody. Because, <laughs> frankly, you need someone you can share all of those awful thoughts that, that are so funny. You just That's, need to, you know, spread them around. I'm tired of dragging everyone down to my level. I want someone already at my level and that's you. Yeah, well, I, I remember this incident so clearly because it's one of those it's one of those incidents where you realize in retrospect that you were the most embarrassing friend that <laughs> your friends have ever had. So I I was in Singapore and I was meeting two friends, very dear friends of mine that I'd I'd met previously, like originally on a, a therapy retreat, like it was all very lovey dovey and it was a it was a wonderful thing. So we've all got friendship at that point in time, like they truly know what I'm like now and I've realized they do have a wrong side. But we all had a friendship on that, all very self-healing, self-maintenance. It's all about, you know, looking after yourself and things. And I was meeting them both in Singapore and I just walked out and I was just like, cock! <laughs> I don't know why I just announced it at the top of my voice. <laughs> I was just like, 
you know, have we ever thought about big cocks? Let's talk about big cocks. And then I looked at them both. And I think the reason I said it was because I just, I thought it would be a funny joke because I just walked past like a giant chicken sculpture in Singapore. <laughs> but um, but um, I do remember they both just looked at me and then they looked at the, the businessman sitting at the table over who, who changed table. I think I might have made a few people change table over the years. <laughs> um, and, and it keeps haunting me, just that look of awkwardness that went between them. And I thought, oh, I'm that friend. Mm. I'm that friend where they're both having that silent communication. Maybe we shouldn't have seen her here. This is a nice cafe. Maybe we should have seen her in an outdoor environment <laughs> in an isolated table because we all know what George is like. I think I might be that friend too. Um <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna be hilarious in scotland mm. we'll have cafes oh, so all over the, the place throwing us out oh that'd that'd be wonderful well the ones around here are used to be so that's fine but <laughs> just announcing to our our podcast listeners we've we've been quite sparse on the podcasting lately just for technical problems but i am getting myself a handy new recorder and rill and i are road tripping and we're going to do an entire road trip series which should be a hell of a lot of fun. That's in July, so that, it should be awesome. That's right. It'll be like Hamish and Andy, but far more swearing and smuttiness. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I have I have mapped out our trip looking at all the castles we can go to and we can rate them for bog fest ability. So if we go in and we're like, so if you're a lord of the manor, would you shag the heroine here, here, or here, and if so, would you get a draft up your jacksy? I think that's how we need to do this. Okay, and maybe we could say, well, I'd shag a peasant in here, but not not my lady love. Oh, not, not the lady love, no. Yeah. And this is, yeah, because I went, oh, my God, I went to a castle tour a while ago. I'm going sideways again, but hell. And... I misheard the guy. He had such a thick accent and we walked down into this this sort of, it was like a a um, kitchen room but it didn't have anything in it. So the kitchen was next door, the medieval kitchen, and then it was just an empty room that looked like it could have been a storage room or anything. And I misheard him and I thought he said, this is the bumming room. <laughs> and it was like, honestly, real. it was like Christmas, birthday, New Year and Easter, it all come at once, all over my face. It was the most wonderful thing ever. And I just stood there with this wide grin going, can you please repeat that just in case I got that wrong? And I still don't know what the room is, but from now on, everyone I take to that castle, I make a point of telling them it's the bombing room. Well, when I visit someone's house from now on, I'm just going to say, where's the bombing room? Where's your bombing room? It's, <laughs> it's the latest thing. Don't you have one? You really need to renovate. Exactly. Every, every floor plan should show the bombing room. Yeah, and it needs, because this is, this is the UK over here and everyone's manically renovating. Everyone I meet here is always renovating the house. It needs underfloor heating and it needs... It needs uh, an interior decoration plan. It needs a plan. Mm. It has to be planned out so people can walk in and go, oh, my goodness, I didn't think of ceramic tiles on the ceiling for my bumming room. <laughs> I'll have to go home. 
Oh, I like the idea of using restored materials for the bumming room, you know, so. Oh, restored materials. I'm sort of 18th century dairy shed converted into the bumming room. (laughs) Oh, that would be, I'm so excited. I need to, I need to nominate a room as a bumming room in my house. I have obviously, obviously failed in this regard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we could start up an interior design business if this this writing gig doesn't work in the long run, and we'll just have different names for different rooms and very very straightfacedly convince people that's what they need. You don't have a bumming room? <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a bumming room? Everyone has a bumming room. Or or alternately, we can just rewrite um, a tour guide for Scotland, and like instead of focusing on the castle, we'll just talk about the bumming room in the castle yeah i think so and the mighty horn the castle near me has a mighty horn and big every time the national trust lady yeah big as a whore <laughs> <laughs> she, she talks about oh great horror of a mighty horn <laughs> every time i go there they talk about the mighty horn and how the laird had his mighty horde and that meant that he could rule over his subjects. And I'm oh, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, show me this mighty horn. That's how patriarchy works. It all comes down to the mighty <laughs> horn. It does come down to the great horror of a mighty horn, except for a great horror of a mighty Yeah, that kind of works. Yeah, we can do that. We can work <laughs> with this. We can do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> before, we, so, um, before we get sidetracked again, because we've already skipped from Fanny and her enormous hoop and George was it not wanting to go in there and then we jumped to our road no. trip and oh we jumped everywhere then we went to the bumming room yeah oh. so let's are we talking about books we are for 5 minutes we're actually going to talk about books no okay <laughs> and it's going to okay, be completely temporary. vertical no horizontal Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to try. Can I talk up your book? Because your book is amazing. All right. You can do me and then I'll do you. Yeah, that sounds wonderful, darling. <laughs> Just So, so Real has written a book called Shelter. It is phenomenal. It's, it's not out yet, is it? It's coming out on the 8th tomorrow? The, the day after Valentine's Day, the 15th. Oh, Okay, my okay. So my talking up rules book has failed miserably <laughs> because I write things wrong in my diary. So that's that's going to have to be rectified. But it's fucking hilarious, people. This book is brilliant. It's about RSPCA uh, rescue people and hot cops, and it has puppies. <laughs> it's got puppies, people. Lots of puppies. Who who doesn't want all of that and puppies? You get free puppies. You even get a puppy in a sling, like a carry-around puppy, like a porter puppy. It is the coolest thing ever. Okay. So buy it. I think you captured everything just then so nicely. <laughs> Can you – do you think you could give me a cover quote? I, I'd just say read it for the puppies and then read it for the sexing because but then you put puppies with sex that doesn't yeah. really work have I, just, have I just messed up just wait I've, I've heard the term puffing as in promoting recently so you puff someone's book but that always sounds a bit kinky to me I don't know why well, so I puffing I, makes I puff me think of smoking yeah yeah I don't know if puffing puppies sounds good but <laughs> puffing puffing the hot sex sounds really good. It's got really hot sex people and it's really, really funny. And 
and and and and it was the best book I read last year. Um, of of all the romances I read last year, yours was by far the best, and it made my year because I don't know. I had a bad romance year last year. I didn't read a whole lot that I really really loved. I think I only read about you know, given that I read about five or six a month plus. Mm. I think I only read about four or five that I went, yes, this is the book for me. It's um, so. It's terrible when you go through a, a dry patch, but I'm determined not to go horizontal. I'm now going to seamlessly segue um, <laughs> to your re-release. Can I call it that? Yeah. Of Barbershop Girl? Yeah, it's a re- yeah, it's a re-release because they, I don't know what happened there, but it's in print. Yay! Yay. And it's got the most gorgeous cover, seriously, oh, that I've ever oh. seen on a book. I would make love to the cover of my book, honestly. I saw it and I was so excited. My editor called me and she's like, I was headed out. Actually, I think I was I was headed internationally somewhere and she just got me before I flew out and she said, you have to look at your email. You just have to look at it. It's amazing. <laughs> you have to look at the cover. And Tell you, me you like it. You thought she was exaggerating, but for once it was true. Uh, it was very, very true. It is awesome. I'm going to see if I self-pub down the track. I'm going to see if I can get this lady to do all my covers so I can stroke them all lovingly. <laughs> but in a strictly consensual sort of way. Oh, no. There is severe molestation. <laughs> That's the cover of my book on a regular basis. It doesn't have any choice. Right. Okay. <laughs> in a non-consensual way. Got it. In a, in a whatever way I feel like it, real. It's my cover. <laughs> See, I'm I'm having like I'm having trouble because after all those romances with inanimate objects, you know, like taken by the toaster. Now I feel like the inanimate objects should have rights as well. Oh, now I'm trying to think of something that works. What's a C word that's that's not my favourite word? That um, something <laughs> to cover. Could you narrow it down for me? <laughs> there are a lot of C <laughs> words out there. Oh, I no, because it's taken by the toaster. We've got to get some alliteration here. Something to cover. The, oh, caressing the, 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 the cover. Caressing the cover. That doesn't sound kinky Conquered, kinky conquered the, by the cover. Conquered by the cover. Oh, that sounds, that sort of sounds like you'd be laying in bed at night and suddenly your book just thumps you in the head. <laughs> or somewhere else. Um, somewhere else. Oh, my God. Poor Fanny. She got a, conquered. What about kept by the cover? Kept by the cover. That's a good medieval romance title. That is quite mm. a good one. Mm. Kept was a, a real medieval romance sort of yeah. naming thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why because I've seen a lot of these castles and there seems to be a lot of holes in the walls. It's it's not that hard to get out. <laughs> Easy to escape. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I really, I think it was just malnutrition that stopped people from climbing out of these places. Or it was just so fucking cold outside. <laughs> they prefer to stay pretty well, in the castle. It is. <laughs> stay in it's the like, bumming oh, room and don't... get warm. <laughs> Put me in the bumming room. I'm cold. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we're, I... really, we're really good at self-promotion. Listen to us. We're, we're fantastic. So um, what you should take away from this podcast is that um, 
you should you should buy Georgina's re-release and buy my new book and sit in the bumming yes. room at home yes. and read it. Yes. yes. And, and channel Fanny and the Monsters <laughs> and get your hoop on. And also buy a copy of Fanny and the Monsters. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think it's out of print. I think I've got the last one. I'd be surprised if a movie isn't coming soon. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I am lost for words. I'm just imagining scene where you've got Scarlett Johansson dressed up as Fanny in like a big dress holding up a hoop going, Gregory, jump through my hoop. Who's playing Gregory? Um, I don't know. I think Gregory. Who would what about good Ben Affleck? Oh, Ben Affleck. He's got sort of, yeah, he's got sort of the head for a hoop jumper. He's got that sort of hoop jumping head. Wow. I had never noticed that before, but now that you've said it, I realise you're right. Next time, I think you need to go look at a picture of Ben Affleck and go, is that not the biggest hoop for a, no, head for a hoop you've ever seen? And then when you see it, you will not be able to unsee it. I imagined, I watched that movie, this is like 15 years ago now, Some of All Fears, that like really, it was like when Ben Affleck decided he was, the biggest actor of all time. He was dating Jennifer Lopez or something at that point in time, mm. according to my trashy hospital, like doctor surgery reading or whatever. Yeah. And he, um, and I just, the movie was so bad mm. that halfway through I started just picturing him as a dildo and it was so much more entertaining. <laughs> oh my God, was never. And because his head gets veiny at one stage because he's he sort a, of like screaming. Was he a cold yeah. vampire dildo or more of a hot werewolf dildo? He was a sweaty, um, not being washed for a long time dildo from memory, which... Right, a festy dildo. It, it was not... He was a festy It was not a good image. I remember watching it going, go back to hunting, Will, you wanker. So what movie are <laughs> we talking about? Some of all fears. It's it's oh, one of his I've never seen early that. ones. I, I remember there was a, I don't remember anything about it other than imagining he was a giant willy and there being a helicopter crash. And it was one oh, of those, yeah. it was one of those movies you just go to because it's a Tuesday night, it's tight ass Tuesday and you're bored <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, well, I'll just watch whatever's on. And I still remember getting halfway through it. And I have never left a cinema before, but I remember getting halfway through it going, I'm here for this. Oh, how do we make this interesting? The other one is the in my pants thing that I think I've told you about. <laughs> when you're watching a bad movie and at the end of every line you have to imagine them saying in my pants. <laughs> I think I'm going to use that at my next branch meeting. Oh, it really works. I hear it really works in corporate meetings. <laughs> we need to uh, we need to laterally invest in my pants. <laughs> I mean, it really it works. Or even we need to advise the minister on in this pants. in my pants. I like it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It does work. It's much better than that whole imagine your colleagues naked or thing Ugh. or whatever people say. That's, oh. That doesn't really work because I just, no, no, no. And I always, do you ever do that thing when you imagine people naked? You you imagine them naked but with all their clothes still on. So, for example, the guys have their willies like tucked in really weird angles and one <laughs> testicle is sort of up and the no. other one's sort of horizontal because they've I've, got a pants wedgie. Is that just me? I've always <laughs> avoided the picture your audience naked suggestion because I know that my imagination is far too vivid 
to cope with that sort of nastiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I did have this one lady and she had the most invasive boobs I have ever met. She she was I she was at university with me and I remember she just she was quite a large chested lass, but it wasn't mm. that. She'd just shove her boobs into uh. every situation. She was very attractive. Like yeah. very attractive. And I and for some reason my very bitchy brain imagined one of her nipples pointing right up to the sky and the other one pointing down. <laughs> Like a John Travolta pose, okay. Like a John, yeah. It was kind of like that because you always, you'd be having a conversation with someone and if there was a guy in any of these conversations, she'd just push herself in the middle and boobs would go under his, like she was almost a cliche there. (laughs) And yeah, that made me so happy. I'm like, you might look really super hot in your velour tracksuit. You might have the most amazing bosom I have ever seen in my life, but I'm sure your nipples are wonky. (laughs) Oh, so you were ascribing her wonky nipples. I was. I was being bitchy. I was being <laughs> I was being a great whore of a bitch. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> now, so on, the, on that class note, or do you have something else we I, have to talk I about? I think we, sh- we can wrap up on the wonky nipples. Oh, fabulous. That's what this podcast is going to be named after. Real and George and the wonky nipples. <laughs> So today I'm talking to Andra Ash, who's part of the Melbourne Romance Writers Guild, and she's going to talk a little bit about what they do and a new anthology that they've got coming out. So Andra, can you tell us a little bit about the Melbourne Romance Writers Guild? Uh, Absolutely. We're a face-to-face uh, critique group. Um, we're a year older than RW Australia, so we've been going for 26 years. Uh, we meet monthly. We cater for all levels of writing capabilities, from novices to to published. Um, we're pretty structured in our meetings, but we have a lot of fun as well. We have general um, meeting businessy type stuff for about an hour or so, which covers market news and um technical stuff like that and then in the afternoons we have either critiquing or brainstorming we might have a guest speaker come in or one of our members might run a workshop so we yeah cover lots of aspects to to do with writing right and this isn't the first anthology by the group is it uh, no, last year was our 25th anniversary and early in that year we thought we should do something to celebrate and commemorate such a great achievement and so we came up with the idea of an anthology and we all learnt so much and had so much fun putting it all together we thought why not do it again? And I noticed that um, this year's anthology, which is called A Taste of Romance, Mm -hmm. um, has chocolate theme and chocolate on the cover. So were you guys trying to make me hungry with that? (laughs) Well, we are all self-confessed chocoholics. We use use chocolate for rewards for um, writing achievements. We usually go around the table and just... Um, see what everyone's done during the month and we are um, rewarded with chocolate so we thought that was um, <laughs> <laughs> quite a, a, a relevant 
uh, theme to have. The stories aren't chocolate related. Um, we don't have a theme through the stories per se, but um, the, as you said, the cover is chocolate and the stories have a chocolate rating to denote the heat levels within the stories. Okay, and you guys aren't sponsored by Cadbury at all in any way, are you? No, Lint would be nice if they're <laughs> listening, but no. <laughs> um, so there's a few chocolate snobs in the group, is there? <laughs> uh, I think if it comes to it, we'll take what's there, but, yeah, I'm a bit of a Lint girl myself. <laughs> okay. Um, so... You mentioned that they're not all the stories are not about chocolate. Um, no. Although <laughs> that would be a pretty good anthology as long as you weren't on a diet. Um, <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about some of the stories and authors? Uh, yes. Well, we have we cover all gamuts of authors from um, people new to the group who um, haven't written much and aren't published. Uh, there's others who have just started down the self-publishing group with putting out their last year's anthology stories um, as a self-published story. And then we also have some award-winning and multi-published authors as well. So, yeah, we, we don't discriminate. We have everyone in our anthology. Yep. And can you tell us what your story is called? Uh, yes, my story is called Skin on Skin, and it's a erotic paranormal romance. Um, all these stories are um, only up to five thousand words, so that they are short. And my story is about Lillian, who's a succubus, and she spent centuries visiting men in their sleep and having sex with them to replenish her life force and to keep her immortal. And she takes a bit of a fancy to her latest conquest, who's Daniel. And she has to decide whether she's going to sacrifice her immortality and uh, risk meeting him in real life. So she's kind of, is she a soft-hearted succubi? Um, does, she, um, does she kill her victims? Or no, she... no. She, she does know that if she visits someone she fancies too many times, they will ultimately die and she has drawn the line at that <laughs> so, so she's a bit soft-hearted and she's never really been attracted to anyone to want to sort of come back and see them too many times before but uh this hunky daniel she um yeah thinks is worth the risk okay um i'll be interested to read how she gets around the problem of um visiting him too often and depleting him <laughs> Oh, she, she, yeah, she has a few interesting moments. <laughs> um, so that I, I saw some of the other authors were um, Michelle Summers. Yes. Um, um, yeah, Michelle's story is a, a time travel. So she's um, gone a little bit away from her usual serial killers which is a bit difficult in 5,000 words to <laughs> solve the crime <laughs> yes yes so it's still a still a riveting story but yeah she's gone down the time travel path which is really fascinating okay and I saw that um Fiona is it Mears yes yes yep. uh yes Fiona loves writing um well she writes under another name as well but this is her Fiona Mears um author is she writes regency romance sweet romance mm -hmm. and um 
although this one isn't a Regency per se, but, yes, yeah, she's a contemporary short um, story about an existing couple, which is an interesting take on romance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I saw Cassandra O'Leary also Cass, had... Cass. Yes, who's uh, had her first book out last year, Girl on a Plane, which was very exciting, and she's written another... Um, quirky contemporary in, um, yeah, in her voice that we're sort of getting to know. Really. Yeah. So um, do you know who it is who wrote about the firefighter? Because that was one of the, the stories on Amazon that caught my eye when I was reading about the anthology. So it says firefighter Ryan Harper is a dark chocolate-coated oh, orange I cream. I... I, I <laughs> I think that's Michelle's actually. Okay. Um, hang on. I've actually got the, the proof of the book here in front of me. I can scroll quickly through. I was. I loved the way how in the blurb you've um, <laughs> described each hero as a type of chocolate. Well, so, we might as well really run with the same <laughs> I'm reading that Detective Colt Callahan is a chilly cherry swirl in decadent milk <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> I, I think that was Michelle, actually, yes. We, we, some of us got a bit carried away with that, <laughs> with our chocolate descriptions. But, yeah, now it was I'm, a lot of fun trying to marry our heroes with a, with the chocolate. I'm now picturing um, a young Clint Eastwood dipped in chocolate, which is At rather thought. a delicious thought. It is, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, Clint Eastwood in, in um, Fireman's trousers yeah and and nothing else um and there's even a space engineer in there who's a handmade truffle yes (laughs) i think uh kim cleary wrote set her story on a a spaceship which was um yeah really different and i had the privilege of um uh critiquing kim's story for her and it was yeah totally took me there and it was totally believable really really interesting story uh-huh. And um, so I see Dora Bramden is another yep. author. Yes, Dora's our lovely coordinator and um, she took the plunge last year and wrote a, an anthology story for us and she's written another one um, set, set out at sea. Um, okay. Yeah, a heroine who gets stranded um, in her boat out, out at sea. And does a merman come and rescue her? <laughs> no, I don't think he does, which is a shame. But, but I'm sure her the hero's just equally delectable but has legs. <laughs> Actually, I'm predicting that mermen are going to be really big as soon as the, the Marvel movie about, um, you know, how there's a, they introduced a sort of series of new characters. Yeah. Oh, is there a merman? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And he's some incredibly hot actor, Jason Momoa. I'm probably saying it wrong, but... I think I know the name, yeah. Yeah. Um, he wow. was on Game of Thrones and he's going to be Poseidon, I think he is. Oh. So he's not really a merman, but... That's how I like to think of him. <laughs> we should get ahead of the trend and start writing. We do. <laughs> we need to start writing that merman Absolutely. romance right now. <laughs> um, and I saw that uh, Samara Parrish is another author. Yes, Samara um, also 
um, usually writes Regency, and this she has written in Regency uh, for this story as well, um, called Light in the Snow, which sounds fascinating. And uh, I know her cover's gorgeous. Each of the stories have a, a cover within the anthology, which was exciting. We all did our own covers, which was another new experience. So, um, yeah, her story looks really um, sweet and Regency. Okay. And Samara actually just moved to Canberra. She um, did. I was yeah. going to say recently, but then I realised it was last year. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not recent anymore. <laughs> um, and I see um, Charmaine Ross is one of your authors. Charmaine is indeed a very talented um, writer and graphic designer who did our gorgeous cover for us. Right. And um, she's got a, um, a sexy contemporary story as well. Yeah, it's uh, fabulous that our group sort of covers the gamut of genres and heat ratings and, yeah, it's just a really broad spectrum. So something for everyone or or everything for everyone <laughs> if, if you like to read, you know, widely across the genres, yeah. And it's great that you've all got um a range of skills there so as you said Charmaine's able to work on the the cover and yeah yeah and um Kim is a a, a marketing lady in her real oh. life as well and so we had she headed our marketing committee and got us organized and cracked the whip and <laughs> got, got us all to make our little memes that we put out with our chocolate man and okay um a chocolate man uh, sounds very cute formatting and yeah uh, yeah and we've got an editor in our group who doesn't write any longer but she did our our editing for us so mm -hmm. it was yeah a real group collaboration yep so that was kim cleary that yes. you were talking about yeah. um who did the marketing and also yeah. had her own story. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, and I think the only person I didn't mention so far is Lauren James. Oh, yes, our, our um, competition princess. <laughs> we did a, she did amazingly well in the comps last year. I think she entered at least half a dozen and placed, if not won, the majority of everything she entered. So she's got another one of her... Um, fabulous sort of quirky um, small town stories in the anthology as well yeah yeah um so this is not the first um anthology by this group you had another anthology last year didn't you uh yes we had sweet and spicy last right. year which um seems to be a food theme here but <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way our minds work but yeah <laughs> yeah so is this a, a regular thing that you plan to do each year? Um, well, it wasn't last year, but as I said, because we all enjoyed the process so mm. much and just we learnt so much, which if nothing else was a great part of it. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I think we're already talking about, you know, dates and timing and stuff for, for next year so we can not rush it as much as we did last year, yeah. Right, because um, it is a lot of work doing an anthology, isn't it? It is. Um, it's like, but as we were saying, with all the skills we've got, it, we can spread the load, which is really good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a good experience. And most of us tend not to write short stuff as well. So that's a new experience too, to um, come up with an idea and have it done and dusted in 5,000 words is no mean mm. feat as well. Yeah. Unless you accidentally find yourself writing 5,000 words of, backstory oops <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, no, it's good fun. <laughs> going back to your succubi, I love yeah. saying that word. Um, <laughs> what prompted you to to write to choose that character and write the story that you did? Um, I I can't remember exactly where I got inspired. I just knew they well existed for want mm. of a better word, and I just always thought, oh, that'd be a fascinating character to. Um, to write since they were sexually orientated mm. beings and that's what I tend to write. Mm. And, um, yeah, just I had a vague idea of what I would write one day and then when the anthology came up I thought, oh, I hadn't expanded my idea and I thought oh, I could probably get that into 5,000 words and potentially with a bit more thought um, expand it into a, a full, fuller novel in, um, in the future. Are you a Lost Girl fan at all? Lost Girl is the TV series and the, the lead heroine is a succubi. Oh, is she? I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go back and, <laughs> and, and binge watch on, on Catch Up now. No. Plenty of sexy times in oh, that TV series. Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> um, so you've actually... Um, been published for a while now in various um, anthologies and standalone books. What's your favourite thing about being a published author? Um, I think just the satisfaction or of being able to say um, when I was published by, a, for want of a better word, a real publisher, mm. um, just that maybe I can do this, somebody thinks I can do this mm. um, and just the motivation to keep going that I possibly have the potential to be able to do it properly. Yeah, a bit of um, validation from Absolutely, yeah. a professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always write. I just like the process in itself. But, yeah, just being able to have someone supposedly in the know going, yeah, this is not bad is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big morale booster. It is, yeah. And what's the most useful writing advice or even just um, business advice when it comes to publishing that anyone's given you? Um, to publishing or, or writing in general? Either one, either one. Um, I think you really need people around you who do the same thing. Mm. Um, so you're not, because the process itself is an isolating thing and family usually don't want to know or don't understand or just go oh yes it's all wonderful dear <laughs> <laughs> or or if you write stuff like I am you can't give it to family to read mm -hmm. um but yeah I just think having supportive like-minded people around you um helps your writing and these days with the rising popularity of um self-publishing there's people who probably have more experience than you um, and writers are very generous with their time and their knowledge and I think just, yeah, having a network of people who not only motivate and support you but can give you knowledge as well. Mm. So that's um, that's why you found it so helpful to, to join the Melbourne Romance Writers Guild and, and Romance Writers Australia? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, I don't think I'd done much on my own. I can, honestly, I can't even remember how I joined the group now I think I was doing a, a writing course with um, CAE mm. and one of the women doing that course mentioned the Melbourne Romance Writers and I just went along and have been there for a very long time now pro oh, over probably over 15 years and oh wow 
Yeah, most we have so many long-standing members. It's um, I think that's a testament to um, the benefits of of joining a group like that. And there's, mm. you make friendships as well. We have a retreat once a year where we go away and do a bit of work and have some fun and some silliness and yeah, just nice to have people who get you. <laughs> Indeed, um, I know that all of my writing friends I got to know through. Uh, Romance Writers Australia and, you know, the sort of Facebook forums yeah. that yeah. Um, they people talk through. And it's true that, you know, these people, you don't just see them as, you know, writers who can be useful to you. They're sort of, they, they become your tribe and your closest friends because they understand all of the, the things that you go through and they like the same things. Oh, absolutely. And they understand the devastation of a rejection or even if they understand self-doubt. Mm. I mean, even when you, you're published, you're still thinking, well, can I do it again or is that a fluke? Or may, you know, give you a good good slap and give you a chocolate and say, just get on with <laughs> it. And... Now I'm yeah. picturing someone giving you a slap and a chocolate at the same yes. time. That's <laughs> right. Um, so when does the anthology actually come out? On Valentine's Day. Oh, perfect timing. Yes. <laughs> so we thought we were thinking of times and we're thinking, oh, we're going chocolate and we need a bit of time, so we might as well just go for Valentine's Day. So, yeah, pretty pretty corny but appropriate. Yep. And so the, the 16 short romance stories, yep. um, they're for sale on Amazon. Anywhere else? Um, yes, they're up for pre-order on Amazon. I think it'll be on Smashwords as well, and I'm not sure of anywhere else. But yeah, the two the two main ones of Amazon and Smashwords. So yeah. it's available for 99 cents um, on pre-order at the moment. Bargain. Very bargain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to know other platforms they can buy it from, they can just go to the. Melbourne Romance Writers Guild website. Uh, yes, we have the the book sort of featured on our on our um, homepage, so that'll take you to buy links. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I can't wait to see how it goes. Thank you. Either can we. It's all very exciting, and our pre-orders are um, way up on last year's already, so we're pretty excited about that. Great. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a bestseller. You can no, all of you can all retire. That's right. And and buy lots of chocolate. <laughs> That's right. Thanks so much for talking to me, Andra. Thanks for having me, Real. You're welcome. Okay, that's all we've got for you for now. I hope you enjoyed. I know I did. Uh, stalk uh, Rill and I on social media. We're at Admiral Beast and at Georgina Penny. Check our books out. Uh, check out Andra. Uh, I think she goes at, at Andra Ash on Twitter and you can find her on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. I hope you're all having a fantastic Valentine's Day, which is when I'm recording this. And bye. Bye for now.